2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: Good evening, everyone. And welcome to the saints hour. My cost along with saints, executive vice president and general manager, Mickey Loomis. It is the open week and I know the players are off, but on this Tuesday, I've got a pretty good feeling you are not off. And I know you've been working out some players and it's, uh, maybe it's not work as normal, but it's, a uh, it's still work right now. Correct.
4: Yeah, it is. And, and, um, yeah, we've got some things that we can do this week. And, and look, part of that is, you know, uh, taking a hard look at ourselves uh, as well as our next opponent.
3: I think when Dennis talked about last night, and there was three kind of themes that, that 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 stuck out, and they're all kind of intertwined, but they've all kind of struck at different times, and that's kind of missed opportunities, inconsistency, uh, and the ability to finish, right? I mean, those three things, and you can pick different games at, at different times, but those three themes have, have been part of your issue, correct?
4: Yeah, I, well, I think, I think each week it, it, there are some things that are common, um, you know, from week to week, and there's some things that it, we've improved significantly on, uh, and then there's some new things that that crop up, and I think I think the last few weeks defensively, you know, we we struggled in the first half of these games. Uh, um, and I you know, don't have a real answer for the why behind that. Um, so we've got to get that fixed. We got to figure out, you know, why we're starting slow and it's taking us a while to get settled in defensively. I think offensively. Over the last five or six weeks, we've improved pretty significantly in a lot of areas, and yet I look. This was a game in the first half where um, we we took a little bit of a step back, uh, even though there were some good things. We moved the ball at times, but again, we had you know some misalignments uh, on a couple of occasions, and we had some penalties on a couple of occasions that stopped our progress. So um, those are the things that have to get cleaned up.
3: And it's it's a team thing, right? I mean, cuz you could say, "Wow, the defense gave up 21 straight points in the second quarter." Well, the offense only had it eight plays in the second quarter and two of those were punts. Only 22 plays in the first half. So, it's, you know, it's a chicken or the egg. The offense didn't play very well in the first half, which put the defense on on the field a lot. I mean, it's a little it's a little bit of both, correct? Yeah, it's
4: certainly both. It's, you know, it's always a complimentary game. Um Look, the defense was having trouble getting stops. They were, you know, the the, uh, offense, listen, they they did a great job. Let's just acknowledge that. They played great. They had a great game plan, and they executed it, um, you know, about as well as you could, particularly in the first half. And so their their drives were, you know, long drives, um, you know, a lot of plays. Keeping our offense off the field—it's hard to get in rhythm offensively if you're not on the field, right? And then when you do get on the field, if you're if you're you know only running three or four plays before you've got a punt, uh, that, that's not a recipe for rhythm. Um, so it's it's like I said, it's a complimentary game, and and uh, that's the part of consistency that we haven't been able to find—is that that game or games or stretch of time where you're playing really well offensively, defensively, and of course uh, uh, complementing that with, with good special teams play, and that's that's what we're struggling to find, uh, but I think it's in there.
3: Yeah, it's clearly in there because we've seen it, right? I mean, it's not like it's not, you know, it's just about the, the consistency, and then what happens, and, and this is not, you know, you know this, but all of a sudden at halftime uh, you're, you're down 24-3, so... It's not that the game plan has to change, but it 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 does a little bit just from a from a tempo situation. You you are able to run the ball. I mean, all things considered, uh, pretty well. But things do change when you're down twenty four three.
4: Yeah, agree. Um, absolutely agree that, that you know you always look for positives in these. In these games, when you watch watch the tape afterwards, you're looking for things that you can build on, as well as things that you have to correct. And you know, one of the things that was positive is that I thought our our base run game was was pretty good. Um, maybe the best it's been um, this season. So that was positive. I thought our protection, for the most part, was good. You know, particularly against a team that there's a lot of a lot of blitzes, a lot of exotic pressures, um, some of which we didn't handle, but but uh, a good portion of which we did. so um, those are those are the kinds of things that that you know you pay attention to. Um, not just the thing the mistakes you make, but but also the uh, the things that you did well.
3: And every loss is different, and you can't compare season to season. but I, I for whatever reason, I, I think back to that Tampa loss last year on the road, and it was a completely different game, but it was after that point, you, you didn't have control and, and it, it felt like it, it changed things and and this right now i mean because of everything you're five and five you've had six of your first ten on the road um you are leading the division uh you still control everything that you want to do you still have every goal that you had in front of you at the beginning of the season in front of you it's just a matter of you know what? What do you do with it now, right? I mean, how, how do you how do you how do you take this this bye week? And I feel like we've said hit the reset button before, but you know, it's 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 everything's still in front. Yeah, that, it, look,
4: that's right. Um, look, we're in a, we're in a race to develop consistency. We're in a race to um, figure out some of the issues that have plagued us, and and we're also in a race to get you know to recover. Um, in terms of, you know, getting your bodies back, getting in the right frame of mind. Um, all the, all that, you know, goes part and parcel with each other and and uh, and then be ready to go on Monday um, and focus on Atlanta.
3: Yeah, you and I have talked, you know, this season during this show. was kind of, because remember, Tampa had the very first bye week available and we said, well, when, you know, what's a good time? I don't know, maybe a week five, you know, you never know. And then as we've just finished week 10, it feels like, you know what, week 10 and week 11 is a pretty good time for a bye week considering that this team has been relatively healthy. Uh, But just given the situation, this is a good time for a bye week. Well, you know, it's it's
4: what I said. It feels like, you know, whenever your bye week is, that's a good time to have a bye. (laughs) That's what it feels like. At the same time, though, I always feel like with most teams, when you – put on a poor performance and let's just face it. That was a poor performance on our part. You want to get right back out there, right? And prove that's not what your team is. So there's a little bit of that um, feeling as well. So, but the fact is we've got to buy this week. We've got to take advantage of it. Uh, Our players and coaches and staff, we need to take advantage of it. We need to um, um, get focused and, and, and reset, as you said, for, these, these last uh, seven games, and and make the most of it because the opportunity uh, is there for us. It's, it's the opportunity to win the division is there. The opportunity to to achieve all the things that you know we set out to achieve at the beginning of a season is available to us, and it's up to us.
3: This is the Saints Hour. Got to take a quick break. Mike Cox, along with Saints Executive Vice President Mickey Loomis, we're back after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Call from mom.
0: Answer it.
5: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Haas along with the Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And as we talked about in that first segment, and that is, as you look at the film and you look at, at looking for some positives, uh, let's talk about A.T. Perry initially. Mike Thomas gets hurt early after just, I mean, he took some tough, those hits he took were, were hard on his first uh, two catches. So you get this young man who comes in who's been active, but he hasn't really caught a pass. And then he catches the 23-yarder, which was big. And I remember talking a lot at camp about A.T. Perry and the ability to make some contested catches. And I don't know that he can have a first touchdown more contested than his was uh, in Minnesota.
4: Yeah, look, that was uh uh that was a spectacular catch. Here's here's one thing you can't coach and that's the height that he has. Um you know, he he's he's a long uh, tall receiver. Um uh, he's got pretty good body control for having a, uh in size and, and you know, we saw some really good things in in the preseason that we liked. Um he's still developing. Uh, but he, you know, he's pushed into action. Um uh, on Sunday, and I, I thought he responded pretty well. I think there was a there's another ball that he would tell you that he, he could have and should have caught, but but uh, the touchdown was certainly spectacular.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, he's so tall. Like even I think Deuce might have commented, or maybe it was me that turned again. But he he didn't need to jump on one of those other ones. He, he's so tall. <laughs> he he almost didn't have to have to jump. But all, all, all that will, will will come with time. And another one was Lynn Lynn Bowden, who to me is such a unique story to be a third-round pick with Vegas and for whatever reason didn't work out there, goes to Miami, plays, but then, you know, he sits out, struggles in 22. This is a kid who has not caught a ball until this Sunday since 2020, so when I was looking at kind of at his stats, what did surprise me is that he's played in 104 snaps this year for you. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, they were talking about Lin Bowden, and it wasn't about route running or making catches, but it was about blocking. And really, some of the things he does on the edge that, you know, rarely gets talked about, unless – that on the edge is a holding call, which he hasn't. Uh, so he's been, you know, it was good to see him get that catch, but I know he's been very impressive on the edge uh, and blocking.
4: Yeah, you know, Lynn has been a nice surprise for us this year. Um, we liked him coming out of college. He's he's one of these, uh, you know, jack-of-all-trades type of football players. But I, I think, you know, look, since, since we've had him, he's been a great teammate. Uh, he does a lot of the dirty work um you know, on offense at the receiver position on uh, special teams. He he's just he's just a good football player and a good guy to have around and he he's better I think offensively in terms of you know catching and run after catch than 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 the opportunities that we've given him would dictate. So it's it's good to have Lynn uh on the home here that uh you know he can have some good years with us.
3: And perhaps what happens and maybe this is you know, we saw this earlier this year with like a Jordan Howden who was kind of forced into action. Marcus May was out, and then Marcus May was was injured, and he seemed to have benefited such a great deal from that that I almost don't consider him and I know he still is a rookie, but if for whatever reason A.T. Perry and Lynn Lynn Bowden and some of these guys get some some snaps. Now Bowden's not a rookie, but but Perry is. It's just, in the end, seven weeks from now, six weeks from now, you've got a better football team because these guys are getting some key snaps, uh, you know, in in real games.
4: Yeah, look, there's there's certainly a developmental aspect um, when these guys are forced into action um, due to injury. You know, you're hoping that you you can kind of trickle that Experience in so that they they uh, they develop, but sometimes they're put. You know, you're pushed into the deep end of the pool, right? You've got to sink or swim, and and um, you know, I think At Perry certainly swung swam, swam this uh, uh, last weekend, and and Jordan Howden, Howden uh, certainly did as well.
3: How much of this time this week, not so much for the administration and coaches, will be about players' bodies healing? I'm not talking about. Uh, Derek Carr, Mike Thomas, and and Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, news like that. Well, we just gotta wait. You know, we just we didn't. Well, you can't tell me hey, Tuesday that mm-hmm. will take some time. But for the rest of this team, how important is? I mean, training camp July 26th, and now we're you know middle of November. Yes. What their bodies have been through.
4: Yeah, I I think this is where the timing of Dubai, uh, the buy plays a factor. Is that man? We're we're 10 weeks into a season here. So, um, I think, you know, rest and recovery is probably more important in week, you know, week 11, which is what this is, than it would be at week five or six. Um, you know, there's, there's a mental recovery as well, where you just need to kind of step back and step away from it. Um, but I think in terms of the physical part of it, this is where, again, you know, we're week eleven. I think it's really important for our players to, to you know, rest their bodies, get get recovery. Uh, it doesn't mean they do nothing, um, but it does mean that they get recovered and refreshed, so that you know when they come in Monday, they're they're raring to go.
3: And the NFL, you know, they 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 know what they're doing in some in some respects. Atlanta is also off. So you'll have kind of this LSU-Alabama thing where you're both off heading into, uh, you know, the next game after Thanksgiving. Good gosh, it feels such a long way away, uh, you know, in Atlanta where you actually have have played pretty good football in recent years. And this, this begins, you know, a very crucial stretch of seven games all against the NFC, four division, but... Here's the difference, and as opposed to the f- opening 10, four of your, of your final seven are in Caesar Superdome, and that, that that's a good thing to say.
4: Yeah, that is a good thing. Uh, listen, we, we got a rivalry game against a division opponent, and I'm sure that Atlanta looks just like we look at it, like they have control of their own destiny because even though they're uh, a game behind, they've got two games with us. And so they look at it like everything's in front of them, all their goals. Um, are full and they look at it as an opportunity just as we do, and so it's going to be a dogfight, and we've got to be uh, prepared and ready to go um, come that Sunday.
3: we got to step aside, take a break. This is the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Lewis. We're back after this. On the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back. This is the Saints Hour. Mike Haas and Saints Executive Vice President Mickey Loomis. It is the the Open Week. So, uh, will, how will you or uh, you know uh, Jeff Ireland, Mike Parenton, Kai Harley? H- how do you guys treat this week? Because I know you've and I don't know what you can say or can't say. I know you've had some 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 players. And h- how do you guys treat this week as far as? Getting away from it yourselves.
4: Yeah, I look, I, I think for us, it's you know, that's less important. Uh, you know, we've got some tasks that we've got to do this week, but you know, it'll be a little more relaxed. We we'll won't have to go home at seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night or whatever, you know. Um, and the, you know, our guys will get a few days off, a few extra days off this week, but but we're still thinking about you know, football, our roster, you know, what can we do 24/7 and and uh. Um, yeah, that doesn't
3: change. Um, it's you know we say any given Sunday we we need we need to include any given Monday as Denver rolls into Buffalo, wins twenty four twenty two on a on a last second play. Denver once zero and three now four and five and we all you know we we on one side are happy that Sean does well but we don't want him to do too well because the second round pick is uh, is involved in there. But that was a, you know, I mean, first off, it cost Buffalo their uh, offensive coordinator. Um, but I mean, it's just it it's, it was a. Denver has seemed to have turned it around.
4: Yeah, look, that was a um, that was a fun game to watch last night. Uh, I felt like, um, and listen, I know that that the worse they do, the better our pick is. Um, but look, we we've, we've got so many you know connections, people that have uh, that are in Denver that uh, we know and have been with us. And, and so I, I personally root for them to win. Um, I want them to do well because I know what it means to to not just Sean but, but all the guys on that staff that are with us. I was glad to see, well, let, let's get a second chance to make that kick uh, and win the game for them. Um, so that, w- that was, uh, yeah, that, that, that outcome was, was uh, good to see. It's good to see them bounce back from that start. Um, and and get themselves back into
3: the hunt. Gosh, but can you imagine? I, I know there's a call that, that at least Coach Allen said drives him crazy. and It happened Sunday, and that's you get a big defensive sack and and down the field and in and in, and in, in, in an area that has nothing to do with the play. There's an illegal contact, which, quite frankly, you could call every play if you really really wanted to. And then last night, twelve men on the field. I mean, there's just this, these kind of things that happen. It just got to drive, you know, GMs and coaches just, just you know, crazy.
4: Yeah. Um, look, twelve men on the field. That, I mean, that's pretty clear. You shouldn't, you know, shouldn't do that. And that, that's a penalty. I think what drives you crazy are, are calls that you may not agree with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and sometimes you don't agree with the rule, and sometimes you don't agree with the call. So. I'll just leave it at that.
3: Right. You know it's 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 I, as you look kind of at just the overall standings, I, this year feels a little different. I felt like we started this season with like these apparently these elite teams, right? The Miami, the San Fran, the Phillies and, and the Buffaloes. And you look now, I mean the 4 and 5, 5 and 5, 5 and 4, 6 and 3, 6 and 4. I mean, that to me, that's a pretty tight bunch. I mean, with seven games to go, eight games for some, so twenty of the thirty-two teams are that four and five, five and five, five and four, six and three, or six and four. That's a that's a tight bunch. A lot of things can happen. I mean, uh, between now and in January seventh or eighth.
4: Yeah, I mean that, that's that's the NFL every year. You know, there's this there's this thought or expectation that there's you know this group of elite teams that can't be beat, and then there's a group of teams that can't win a game, and that's just not the case. I mean, the margin for error, the margin of victory, um, the things that you have to do to win a game, uh, it's just so close in the NFL. And and uh, I think you know we're seeing that demonstrated. We see it, you know, every week. We see you know Houston with a rookie quarterback, you know, running off a string of wins that are you know improbable, and and and. Uh, I think they beat Cincinnati this weekend. I don't yeah. think anyone would have guessed that. Um, so that that's just, and that's why that's why you know these small details, these little things, you know, twelve men on the field at the end of a game, um, you know, a penalty that 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 uh, you you don't commit that that makes all the difference in the world. It's a difference between winning and losing, and, and it it's uh, the kinds of things that we have to look at. And look at ourselves and get cleaned up, and and um, you know it, it's it's looking in the mirror and saying, hey, I've got to be better in this particular area, and that's every individual. That's not just it's not just there are players. It's a, it's a personnel people. All of us. Hey, what can we do just a little better to eliminate these these small things that are keeping us from winning.
3: And finally, Coach Allen talked about, all right, so here we we have this stretch run, really, seven games after the the bye week. Uh, You went through it last year where you were kind of like you went through, you know, after the Tampa game. And it was like, I don't know if I I can't I don't want to say that you treated every game like a playoff game. But, you know, it, it felt somewhat like that. I mean, because you've went through it, because you went through this situation last year, not similar, not exactly similar, but because you went through it and played pretty solid football down the stretch, uh, kind of the same mentality with the seven games remaining? Well,
4: I mean, I, look, I understand the reference point, but every team is different. You know, every team is different. And I think, you know, when you get into these stretch runs, you, you're you not building character, you're revealing it. Um, and so, Mark, and, and the character of our team will be revealed over these next six, seven games. And and um, man, I believe I believe in our guys. I believe in our team, our coaches, um, our staff. You know, but we, you know, we we've got to demonstrate that uh, in these last seven games and see where it takes us.
3: Well, we will find out uh, this week off. San Francisco will be taking on Tampa Saints and Atlanta, both off and then in Atlanta. Uh, The following week, week 12, and we still don't know whatever week 18, uh, you know, is going to be, when that is. But we know it's Atlanta, but that's really all we know. Uh, Take some time off. I appreciate your time as always. uh, And thanks for joining us, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Thank you, Mike. Let's pause 10 seconds to let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. When we come back, we'll talk not about one, but two special raffles, New Orleans against Atlanta, with the winner being the fight against ALS. Here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Okay, picture this.
2: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or...
3: Welcome back, everyone, to the Saints Hour. Mike Coffs, and we're now joined by Alicia Broussard-Sheridan. She is the Senior Director of Social Responsibility as well as Youth Sports for the Saints and Pelicans. You know, as we talked about earlier, community affairs, and there's so much, I mean, that's a very broad issue, community affairs for both teams, and I know Tuesdays, uh, War this not maybe an open week, and maybe it still is. I know Tuesdays are a huge day for both teams uh, community affairs-wise. Is that the case today, or has kind of the open week been a little tricky?
0: There's never an open week even leading into the bye week, and you did a great job on my name, Mike, but feel free to call me Lish throughout the rest of the time. We're good there. I feel like we're family. Um, so, yeah, Tuesday, as is, uh, has been for the rest of the season so far, um, just came from an event with um, Chris Olave heading to an event with Tyron Matthew, just knocking out some Thanksgiving activations, and we've got quite a few more scheduled for next week. So, yeah,
3: Tuesdays stay pretty busy. Some some yeah. unique uh, events coming up, and we'll begin kind of looking forward, and then on the next break, we'll talk about what you guys have already done, both uh truly inspirational and so the week off and then it's the Falcons on the 26th in Atlanta and then we don't know the final game yet which is going to be the January 6th or 7th we do know it's the final game of the regular season uh but a unique a neat, unique opportunity for a 50-50 raffle uh, just talk about that as as you can because it is very unique for, for these two teams to do this, but for a very, very special cause. Yes,
0: yes, very special cause indeed. And so um, just kind of talk about how it originated. Uh, my counterpart in Atlanta, uh, Chris Millman, had given me a call some months back and said that Tim Green, who is an um, Atlanta Falcons legend as well, he wanted to be able to do some sort of fundraising, fun rivalry, if you would, off the field effort with the Saints in support of ALS. And so um, Chris and I kind of talked through some things and I was like, Chris, the easiest thing to do and um, one that I think our fans both in the New Orleans area and the Atlanta area would really appreciate is pouring all the efforts and energies into hosting a 50-50 raffle. So we in the Superdome have, orchestrated a 50-50 raffle for, goodness, years now. And we, you know, used to have jackpots up to $200,000. Um, we've taken a little hit since coming back from COVID. Um, and we now don't do uh, cash in the building anymore. It's all credit card based. But nevertheless, um, we, too, were looking to enhance the efforts of our raffle. Now, Chris and the Falcons, they have never hosted raffles, but again, had talked with him and and told him how profitable it could be, not necessarily for the organization, but for the benefiting charities that the raffle supports. So he kind of, you know, explored that opportunity on his internal channels. Obviously, on our end, we were all good. Um, Not much to shuffle and change on our end since the raffle was already in existence, but... The ALS raffle that would benefit both the Team Gleason Foundation and Tim Green's Chosen Foundation as well. So, tackling A- ALS, excuse me. Um, so, for the Falcons game on November twenty-sixth, all of the proceeds on the beneficiaries and. Um, I don't know how familiar you are, Mike, if you've been paying attention to our raffle announcements uh, during the games in the Dome, but whatever that total jackpot is, half goes to one lucky winner, and then the other half, the charitable portion of the other half, goes to the chosen beneficiary. So for the Falcons game on the 26th, and whatever our TBD January game would be, regular season game would be um we're going to pull those charitable portions together and whatever that total amount is we're going to divide that um to support both of those beneficiaries so steve gleason tim green everyone tackling als
3: can beat it yeah no i'm hundred percent for for those that are tim green played from 1986 to 1993 for the Falcons. He was diagnosed in, in 2016, and and he has you know watched Steve Gleason and, and become kind of a role model and and done a lot of things and and therapies and technology. And so uh, you know it's such a great thing for Atlantans and New Orleanians to agree on something. And this is probably gonna be this go this gonna be it. And then there will be two things. Uh, this, is gonna be, right. this this going to be it, and what I want and, and I want to take a break, and we're going to talk on the back side, because it's for the one that is here. It's even going to be slightly more unique, if I'm not mistaken. That you you can take part online. Is that correct? That's right. Well, we'll talk. That, ta- is, correct. that we'll, is correct. We will talk about that after the break. This is the Saints Hour. Mike Cost with Lish Broussard Sheridan. She's the senior director for social responsibility as well as youth sports for the pelicans and the saints so she is enormously busy we're back after this on the community coffee new orleans saints radio network Welcome back, everyone. This is the Saints Hour. my Cost with Liz Broussard Sheridan, the Senior Director of Social Responsibility for Youth Sports, Pelicans, Saints, uh, Community Affairs Director, if you will. And what we're talking about is a 50-50 raffle that is going to take place November 26th in Atlanta. Half will, of course, go to the winning recipient, and then half towards the Steve Gleason Foundation, also Tim Green, and tackle ALS. That is his portion uh, of, of ALS. It's Massachusetts General Hospital. And then we come to the final game of the year, Uh, We don't know when it is, January 6th or 7th, and I say the final regular season game of the year. Uh, We are used to 50-50s here, but this one, if you want to, you don't even have to be at the game, right? This one you can take place and take part online. That's right, that's
0: right. Well, and I'll kind of break this down for you. So um, for any Saints fans who would be traveling to the Falcons game on November 26th, all raffle sales, will take place inside of the building for that game. So you have to be present in the stadium for the November 26th game against the Falcons if you're looking to purchase tickets for the 50-50 raffle. When it comes time for that January TBD game um, here at the Superdome, you actually do not have to be in the Dome. Although we want everybody in the Dome for that game uh, playing against the Falcons, you don't have to be present to purchase a ticket um, for our 50 50 raffle that day so um, the way that we've had it set up for a couple of years aside from purchasing through the roving sellers and stationary sellers in the dome you'll see of them wearing um, very brightly green colored 50 50 raffle vests we work very closely with second harvest to provide us with volunteers for the effort each week in addition to whoever the beneficiary is um, But in addition to purchasing in the building for our game, you can purchase online. So whether that's through the Saints website or preferably through the Saints app, you can simply click the link to purchase and you can buy as many raffle tickets as your heart allows um, for the effort uh, toward ALS. And of course, of course, of course, our Saints fans, we have to show out more than the Falcons fans. We absolutely cannot let them um, outdo us particularly on this effort. So um, i let our guys take care of the business on the field, but off the field in this effort, certainly um, we would hope and encourage all of our fans across the state of Louisiana. Now, unfortunately, although we're a Gulf South regional team, um, law, our charitable gaming laws only allows purchases within the state of Louisiana. So whether you're in Shreveport or down in the Bayou or even if you're not in the Superdome, you would still be able to make a purchase uh, of a raffle ticket and support this great cost.
3: That's awesome. If I'm not mistaken, it's NewOrleansSaints.com backslash community backslash fifty fifty. But all of that will be on the website.
0: Correct. Or if you
3: just download the Saints app. Oh, girl, I got the, the app. I got the raffle. app. I can't live without the app. That's right. I love, right. It. I love right. it. And so recently, we don't often get a chance to go backwards, but this was such an important event, and we haven't had a chance to talk. Uh, Sergeant Don uh, John Dobler, you had, uh, you know, part of the honorary captain program, uh, the the Medal of Honor recipients. You had eight of those. I guess this was during the Chicago game, uh, and. It's part of the TAPS, Community Coffee TAPS, which is Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Just give us a little overview of, of what that was and why it was so important.
0: Okay, yeah. So every year the NFL designates one particular weekend as the salute to service weekend of games. So um, you'll see the players and coaches donning camouflage attire or whatever the newest design of the Lucid Service gear would be on the sidelines, but more importantly, it's an opportunity for us to, on a national level and also on the club level, to recognize and appreciate and honor those who have served and are serving in our military. And so um, the Taft family, um, they were able to come out to practice, the players had a chance to meet Silbler, our fallen soldier, um, had a chance to meet the family. They wore his initials on the back of their helmets on that game day uh, against the Bears. Um, I know you kind of mentioned, you know, some other things that were that happening around that same game, daytime, community coffee, yes, was a sponsor of the Taft family, but they were also the sponsors of the military moment in game. Um, and so we were able to welcome Congressional Medal of Honor recipients to our game. And, you know, the World War II Museums did an outstanding job hosting that group the entire week. And we were just very fortunate that some of them remained in town um, to attend the game and take part in an in-game or well, pre-game moment uh, prior to the start of the game on the sidelines. Um, we supported them for the block party that Saturday before, and, you know, it it was just, I mean, I was blown away to hear about some of the things that these Medal of Honor recipients had done, you know, and like, when you think about, you know, the things that you would do for your own family or a friend and people that you actually know and love, but to have these individuals really put their lives on the line for people that they don't even know, you know, all of us, how can you not, you know, take the time? to honor those again who are serving and who have served
3: and that's what we do for that salute to service game. Yeah, it's a special one but you I will say the the saints and uh, on every given Sunday uh, the, the the military members are, are all and service members are always recognized and so that's a very important aspect of, of every game so that that that's impressive. And I got to say yeah. I don't I don't, know who, I don't know who did it but Whoever got Sergeant Dana Raminsky, she sang the national anthem at the Chicago game. Holy cow. Incredible. Whole, incredible. I, incredible. I've seen a thousand national anthems. And typically I'm up in the booth, you know, paying attention, but I'm also thinking about, you know, million things. I could not, it was the most powerful, uh, I mean, it was just, it was all heart. It was all heart, guts, and soul. And she laid it all out there. It was just impressive.
0: That's right. And that was just, excuse me, just another glimpse of so many activations that we had um, taking place on that game day. And, you know, I even think about our folks from um, Intergy, uh, who sponsored that game day, and, um, of course, Community Coffee. The Dexto provided sweets. Uh, sweet tickets for some of our military guests. We had flag unfurlers, um, you know, gate giveaway crew. We just tried to just every piece in every corner of game day where we could saturate our military members and their families to, you know, have this wonderful experience on game day. That's what we were trying to do. And I'll tell you one other thing, too, uh, that's actually coming up. If you want to come and take a look, check it out, maybe put on a flag belt. I don't know about you. Mike, maybe you can come in I don't know MC from the sidelines but we're also going to be hosting a battle of the branches event uh, courtesy of Dudley exposure so um, we will be inviting uh, military members from all five branches of the military to come out to our facility and we'll put them through um, football drills kind of like a little military combine if you would and then wrap it up with a flag football tournament so you is, know, when is that? we do, uh, So that is, I will send you the information. It's oh. going to be next week, next Tuesday. So um, it is close to public, but I will certainly make make
3: accommodations <laughs> like no, to have you there No, I think to that's a, that is so <laughs> impressive. Cause you talk about you know, there's one thing about competing Atlanta, and New Orleans. That's pretty competitive. You get those five branches together. That's a different level of competition.
0: Obviously, of course, the play football game. But my favorite piece of the drills is the tug of war challenge. Ooh. And to see the strength that comes and just you talk about a competitive nature. Oh, it comes out when you're pulling at a rope like it, it is insane, the amount of energy that comes. But, you know, it's it just an opportunity again for um, our, our military members to kind of let loose, you know, and of course we feed them well at the end as well. So um, it, it, it's good. Friendly competition for sure. And some of our players will be there to, uh, to encourage them on, show support. So
3: it's, it's going to be fun. Well, Les, I appreciate the time. I know there's no rest for the weary. There's no open week for for, for people in the building. Uh, NewOrleansaints.com backslash community backslash fifty Let's go out and do our part. We can kick Atlanta's tail without even having to touch the field. So... Best of luck and continued success. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.